welcome back to uh, In the Clubhouse uh, with with us uh, on the Nats Report. I am Jeremy Lapidus, uh, joined by Hayden Raymer. Sorry, also, I didn't realize that yeah. was the cue. Sorry. Uh, you're good. I uh, usually am better with that, but you know how it is. Um, yeah. Uh, you know how this show goes. We're going to take a look at the last series. And we're going to take a look at the next series for the Nats, and we're going to break it all down for you. Uh, yeah. We'll start off with Seattle. That's where the Nats just were. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. They won that series, making it two series in a row that they've won. Some just fell. Two series. It's pretty good for them. Both against uh, teams that probably are better than them. Definitely are better than them. Uh, but this last series uh, was was interesting. You know, scored a run and they their offense has been going early a lot recently. They've scored a run in the first inning in each of the in all three games of the last series, and I believe that I think four games uh, in a row if you go back to against San Diego. Uh, but let's just jump into it. Game one, the Nationals lost eight to four. Uh, this one was an odd game. You know, you had the start. You had both offenses immediately hit a home run uh, to open uh, to open. Uh, excuse me, this the scoring. Uh, and then the starters, and then at least uh, Williams uh, locked in here. Uh, but this was the this was the one where uh, Dom Smith had the uh, threw it to nobody over at first base, along with uh, along with the and, and you know just a bunch of weird stuff was happening in this game. There, uh, the momentum really shifted when the call got overturned, when Kelnick tried to steal second base, uh, got called out, the Nats thought they were out of the inning, and then it got overturned on the challenge, which uh, ended up, I believe, to them scoring four, three runs, two runs? I don't remember. They scored a whole bunch of runs off that. In the fifth inning? In the fifth inning. Three runs. Three runs. Uh, so, and that just changed the, uh, entire outlook of the game. The Mariners had the momentum after that, and the Nats just didn't quite get back into it. Uh, game two, Nats come back, win this one. Extra innings, their first extra inning, uh, win of the year. Uh, you know, this is another game where the, both offenses got off to a, to a fast start. Uh, that's not to say that the Jake Irvin didn't pitch well. He went almost six innings, uh, only gave up three runs, four strikeouts. Uh, <clears throat> concerning thing in this game that ended up being okay, uh, in the fifth inning, uh, C.J. Abrams got hit by a pitch that forced him out of the game. He is in the starting lineup tonight, 
but he missed the third game in the series. So there was a little bit of concern there, but he seems to be just fine. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Goodness, I'm sorry. I am good. exhausted right now. Do you want me to take the... over? No, I'm good. Right. Uh, Jordan Weems got the win in this game. And if you know anything about uh, this show, we're big Weems fans. I mean, uh, I would say you're a big Weems fan. I wouldn't... Big Weems fans here. Uh, and any day that you get a, a Weems win uh, is, <laughs> is a wonderful day uh, here uh, for the Nationals. And for us here on the in the clubhouse, you know how it is. Uh, that was his first career win, actually. Shocking, because he's been so dominant every time he steps on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the the offense has had been clicking in this game, and you know, being able to come back after. Uh, Losing the lead in the seventh. Uh, once it, you take the lead in the seventh, and then you lose it once once again, they come back in the eighth, get it to extras. Uh, it shows, you know, this team just isn't giving up, which is really important for a team that's been struggling like the Nats have. Uh, to show that heart and that uh, ability to fight, even even after you lose it, lead, lead, lose a lead late in the game, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, good team win here. Uh, the bullpen came in and really pitched a really good game uh, in this one. Uh, you know, Finnegan, Harvey, and Weems, they all, it's, it's five scoreless innings with them, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. You know that doesn't that hasn't happened a lot where you can. We've been handing it off to the bullpen and they've been able to shut down the other team. It's a good sign because that happened uh. A lot recently during the Nats uh little streak here four or six wins uh and then last but not least the final game of the series, uh the Nats won four to one. Uh, this was another game. Again, the Nats jumped up early. First inning, they scored three runs. Their first four batters all had hits. Then uh, it was just a pitching duel. Patrick Corbin went out there, pitched seven innings, nine strikeouts, no walks, no earned runs. He. This is his the guess, best game he's pitched since 2019, by far. Uh. Hopefully he can keep this up. Uh, you never know. Uh, but it's good to see that he still has this in him uh, at all, you know? Because it's been a long time since he's put up a start like this. So that was a great sign. Uh, we had, again, the bullpen came in, basically shut him down. Uh, the oh, some, who made Willingham, he made his debut in this game. Uh, gave up a home run on his first pitch, uh, but then he locked in and retired the uh, the rest of the inning in order. So good on him for bouncing back. I know it's not 
easy to, you know, give up a home run when you're on your first batter and then lock right in. Uh, was that you or was that a random video that just played on my computer? I think that was a random video that just played on your computer. Okay. I was okay, cool. I. Okay, cool. <clears throat> anyway, um, if you got ejected again in this game, <laughs> uh, Kyber Ruiz tried to score uh, from first on a double uh, by Dom Smith, and he dodged the tag, went a little bit outside the base path, but it was in the circle, and then touched home, and he was called out for, you know, avoiding the tag. Um... I'm not, I'm assuming you watched that play, Hayden. Yeah. Um, is that the right call? I mean, going by the letter of the law, yes. Uh, but when you take in context, take in where the throw took the catcher, I don't see a, any way, you know, anywhere else that Ruiz could really have gone there. Uh, he was kind of forced to go out that way. Uh, by just the throw, it was even like you know the way Cal set up. I believe Cal was catching that game, Cal Riley. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. It wasn't necessarily the way he set up. It was just the throw from the right fielder kind of drew him in that way, and it's just he was in the way. Uh, yeah, it's like I said at the end of the day though, it didn't really matter. Dom Smith had a double right after that to score, or was it the other way around? Did Vargas Vargas hit the double to score Dom Smith? There we go. Uh, so it didn't really matter at the end, but, uh, yeah. It was just a weird play. I feel like the Nats have been, like, kind of on the receiving end of a lot of those lately. Uh, hence, you know, why we've seen Davey get ejected so much lately. <laughs> but, outside of that, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, rules are rules. You can't really argue with the umpire there. Because, I mean, like I said, by the letter of the law, yeah, he broke the rule. But, like I said, context kind of in that situation kind of matters in kind of the actual play itself. I wouldn't have called him out. But I'm also, you know, <laughs> a Nats fan, so that kind of helps a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a little iffy. Um, obviously, a play at the plate, they've banned, you know, running in, running through the catcher yep. or having the catcher set up there. So it puts the runner and the catcher in a in a tougher spot in that situation where the throw kind of takes him in the path of uh, of the runner. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's good. Maybe it'll keep the juices flowing, keep the uh, keep the hot streak going against the Phillies here, because uh, generally when Davy gets uh, ejected, the Nats win a couple games after that. Sorry, did you say something? Did you hear me? No. Can you hear me? I heard the Davy thing. I wasn't sure if there was something after that. Oh, no. No, okay. that was it. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a good series for the Nats in general. I mean, you see Lane Thomas had, like, five extra base hits. Uh, Heimer Condelario hit doubles in, what, two of those games? Here. Lane yeah. Thomas, one, two, three. Oh, clicked one too far. Three extra base hits, two in the first game. Dom's or not Dom's. Heimer Connor has two doubles. There we go. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Amos, uh, Willingham. You know, 
congrats on making your major league debut. That's huge. I uh, hope to see you in the pen, you know, shoving uh, for a while. And I think, yeah, the bullpen has was kind of this, you know, the story of the series, you know. It's been a weakness for the Nationals. Uh, they're pretty much bottom of the league when you talk about reliever ERA. And I'm looking here. Outside of Corey Abbott's five runs in that game one, the Nats only gave up – Nats relievers only gave up two runs. And they mm-hmm. pitched a lot of innings. Uh, so yeah. – that's a W. We take that win there. Uh, and I think it's just kind of we're slowly, you know, we're heading into July. Uh, you know, all-star break, which, you know, it'll be great to see who's the Nets all-star. Uh, nobody was elected as a starter, even though, you know, a certain third baseman happened to be ranked <laughs> uh, number one in pretty much any war statistic. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, you know, that's – you know, more of a popularity contest with the all-star starters. Uh, and Lane Thomas has, you know, been really good. So it'll be interesting to see who, if, you know, multiple people happen to make the all-star team. Uh, I'd be shocked if multiple Nats do make it, but you can make an argument for it for sure. Uh, it's just going to be an interesting series. Yeah, I know. You can definitely make the argument for uh Jamer and Lane Thomas to both make the All-Star game. I mean, yeah. you mentioned uh what uh Candelario's been doing at third base, you know. First in F in 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 most categories, probably definitely a top 3 third baseman in the NL this year. Uh and then Lane Thomas is like top 10 in most of the hitting categories. So, yeah, I mean, an NL third baseman, he obviously leads the league in F-War uh, by a decent margin, too, among qualified batters. J.D. Davis is the only other guy who has two F-War. Uh, Heimer has 2.4. So, you know, and the next closest person is 1.5, and that's Ryan McMahon. So, you know, by WRC+, plus, uh, he's not up there. Uh, Heimer's fourth in the league, which, you know, if you kind of look at what Heimer's done this year, big reason why he has been so valuable is he's actually been like really great defensively uh <laughs> when you the big scouting report that came out and everyone was talking about when he was signed uh for that on this one year five million dollar deal defense was like eh, like hopefully we can figure out you know maybe jake alu makes a an appearance and you know kind of shut pushes him to first base was kind of the dream scenario i think for a lot of people you know uh, that was also back when we thought Carter Keeboom was going to be healthy and play this whole year. And that, you know, he's been really good there. Like, he's been the best defender in all of baseball by outs above average, I believe. He's just been really clean there. Uh, you know, when you look at what he's done offensively, it's sustainable, you know? So that's something you like to see. Uh, but, you know, some people, some players do rank a little higher than him. He is, what, fourth in slugging. He's, oh, wants to take forever to load. Fourth in on-base percentage. So, you know, he's not quite up there in all these offensive statistics. But, you know, when you put the whole game together, he's one of the best, if not the best. You know, he's first in base running, which, you know, I mean, that's a really underappreciated facet of baseball, I feel like. Uh, and he's done a really good job at it, which is, you know, we love to see that. 
is just, you know, he hasn't put up that offense that everyone else has, and that's kind of when people vote for these types of things. So you just sort, you know, go, okay, here, who's leading by OPS, you know? Right. And they just vote based off that, that, and they vote for the starter on their favorite team, which, you know, not a lot of Nats fans are probably voting this year just because they haven't been the greatest, but <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure he'll get some form of recognition. I know he got shouted out on the broadcast when they announced the All-Star starters. Uh, so, it's interesting. Do you think, uh, who do you, which national do you think gets the nod this year? Do you think it's going to be Candelario, or do you yeah. think it's going to be Lane Thomas? It's going to be Candelario. Uh, I mean, when you look at, I mean, outfield in general, it's just such a stacked position. You've already seen, I mean, you can, you know, Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Brandon Nimmo, Christian Yelich, Brandon Marsh, Ronald Acuna, Corbin Kroll, and when you factor in that, each team needs to be represented. I don't know who would be represented from the Brewers outside of Christian Yelich. You know, they haven't been super lights out this year themselves. So you kind of have to squeeze in. So it's not necessarily just, okay, yeah, you, we can't just sort by F4 and pick the best, you know, people. Uh, you kind of have to make it work within the parameters. Now, people, now, I don't think he makes the initial team. But if, let's say, you know, Mookie Betts is like, you know what? He's not going to sit out. This is He's already participating in the Home Run Derby. He's going to be in the All-Star game. If he's like, I want to skip out on the All-Star festivities. I don't want to play uh, in the All-Star game. Or I'm hurt, you know, something like that. I think Lane Thomas is probably the first guy that they call to be an alternate at the All-Star game, if that makes sense. But no, going back to this series, I mean, like I said, it's – was a really good series yeah the Mariners haven't been themselves uh this year uh when you look at like kind of what on paper what their expectations are they're a game under 500 uh or another three games under 500 a couple after games under 500 yeah there's three games after the series is all done uh so you know they're not getting kind of what they expect out of them uh I think in this series too we saw a player on the Mariners be like, we shouldn't be losing these games. Or was that just the Padres series? I don't I remember. Believe... I know the fans I know the fans were booing after they lost game three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that a player even came out and was like, Yeah, man, we shouldn't be losing these games to the Nationals which I mean, if anything, the Nationals fight, man. Uh every series they're gonna kinda give it their all. Uh and that's kind of the Nationals have been a lot funner to watch, despite, you know, funner yeah, to watch. it was the Padres. It was uh, Xander Bogart. I know he definitely said it. I'm 99% sure I thought I remembered seeing. Maybe I'm just had a dream or something. Kyle Riley, Kyle, Kyle Riley said something, too. Okay. Uh, he wasn't exactly that, but he said he was frustrated. Yeah. Uh. I mean, the Nationals, you know, they're 32-48 and 48 after the series. You know, they got some fight in them. Uh, it hasn't been as bad as the record would say, I feel like. They've oh, been yeah. pretty competitive in a lot of these games, and they've been entertaining games. You know, I haven't, you know, in years past, these Nats games weren't this entertaining, I feel like. Especially, like, after the deadline these past two years. Like, the only reason to tune in last year after the deadline was Joey Manessis, and, you know, that's... 
Uh, you know, that's not really a great product when you just have one guy to watch. I think the Nats have quite a few guys to watch. Now, obviously, that might change after the deadline, uh, trade deadline. But, you know, until then, I'm excited to watch. Uh, hopefully, we can get some major league ready pieces uh, in any sort of trades that we can make. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other thoughts about the Mariners series? No, I mean, the bullpen was just, you know, the bullpen hasn't looked this good since mid-May when they were winning a whole bunch of games. Yeah. You know? Uh, I you're mean, talking about the Nats being uh, in competitive games. I mean, oh, they, they're they a streaky team, you know? They're going to go on these week-long streaks where they're, they're going to win – 60% of the games, you know, 70% of the games, and then and they're going to go on two-week-long streaks where they're going to win one in ten, uh, you know, but it's, it, is, it is a fun team, a uh, lot, of, lot, of, lot of good pieces here, maybe. Yeah, you want to dive into this Philly series that starts tonight? Yeah, I do. All right, so let's just start with the pitching matchups. You know, we have Christopher Sanchez for the Philadelphia Phillies taking on Josiah Gray of our Washington Nationals. Then we have Zach Wheeler tomorrow uh, taking on Mackenzie Gore. That's kind of a big ticket item, like, you know, the heavyweight title match type deal. Those are, you know, the two aces, essentially, of these teams taking on each other. And then Ranger Suarez taking on Trevor Williams for Game 3. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, two pretty decent starters there at the end of that series. Uh, Christopher Sanchez hasn't been the best this year. Uh, you know, he's been a little bit better of late. Uh, but mm, let's see. I'm I didn't forget to pull up his stats, but ah, sorry, stuff's not loading. He has a 405 ERA in 13 innings pitched. Uh, so, you know, solid, not uh, elite. Uh, his underlying numbers suggest that there's probably some better, you know, he's better than that, but uh, I guess there's only one way to find out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, I'm just really excited to break down this series. Uh, where do you want to start, Jeremy? Um... Well, let's start with this. Both of these teams are coming to this hot. Uh, the Phillies have won four straight, and the Nats have won four of six. Uh, what do either of these teams need to keep doing to going? I mean, I think it comes down to the same reason why the Nats won the last series, uh, or, you know, our highlight of the last series, and that's just the bullpen. Uh, the Nats bullpen can kind of keep the team in the game, not blow up on them. I think that's huge. Uh, when you look at like who's all been used these past few days, uh, you know, in that last series, there's probably only one person that's going to be in there that you're kind of trying to stay away from using tonight. And that's going to be Hunter Harvey just because he threw back to back days, uh, to end that series. But I mean, outside of that kind of anyone's available, uh, it'll be interesting to see who all gets used, because uh, I think that's kind of been the big, you know, 
red flag alarm bell for the Nets has been their bullpen usage. Uh, also, we forgot to completely forget to mention uh, Patrick Corbin. He got placed on the bereavement list. Uh, so first off, you know, condolences to him and his family. Uh, but, you know, because he was placed on that list, uh, the Nationals recalled Jose A. Ferrer, who's a left-handed pitcher. Uh, you know, he was already on the 40-man, so they didn't have to DFA anybody, which is always nice. Because, uh, you know, DFAing somebody's not fun. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you have an extra fresh arm in there. It's, you know, we get to see a young prospect. He's only 23. Uh, hopefully he gets to make his big league debut this series. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of left-handed bats uh, in this lineup that are, you know, pretty scary. I mean, you know, Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, Bryson Stott. Brandon Marsh has had a really good year. Talking about guys who could potentially be alternates. He's one of those guys as well. Plays a mean center field too. Cody Clemens. And then their backup catcher is a left-handed hitter too. So there's a lot of left-handed bats in this lineup. And, you know, having that extra left-handed arm is going to be really helpful because, you know, Tommy LaSorsa can't face everybody. Yeah, you're right. He can't. <laughs> um, so an issue last series with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. They let... They gave up, like, three or four home runs in big situations uh, to Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there uh, another way to approach him that they were differently? Or is there something that they can do to not have that happen again this series? Well, I mean, obviously the biggest thing is, you know, for most of the season, the Nationals hadn't been carrying a left-handed reliever in their bullpen. Uh which I think that's going to be really beneficial for them, having, you know, somebody that they can go to where, you know, maybe not, you know, obviously not in the beginning of the game, uh, but deeper in the game, you can kind of prevent him from kind of going off, getting hot. Uh, but, I mean, he's been pretty cold lately, man. Uh, Schwarber, you know, had that has had a really weird year. Uh, I'm looking at his game log. Uh feel like he hasn't really done much. I mean, he had a home run on Thursday, but or yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. But, uh, you know, I feel like he hasn't been the hottest hitter in the world lately. I'm just going to sort here over the second half of June. Yeah, I mean, he's been solid, but he hasn't been he's only hit three home runs over the past, you know, two-ish weeks, if we extend it out to maybe the 11th, let's see. Yeah, no, I mean, since the 11th of June, he only has a 103 WRC+. plus. I mean, obviously, over the past two weeks, he's been a little bit better than that. Uh, I don't know. I think the these two teams are kind of at different spots than they were then as well. I think, would you agree with that? Would. Uh, I believe uh, last time the Phillies were kind of in the middle. They are kind of 500. Like you said, they've been on a hot streak. They're kind of, you know, six games above 500 now. And they're kind of trying to chase uh, the Marlins to kind of get that playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, when, the, when they last matched up, the Phillies and the Nats were a game apart in the standings. Now, obviously, that is not, not. true. 
uh, they've gone in opposite directions since then. Uh, but, you know, maybe this will turn either of their seasons around again, you know? Yeah. Uh... Heading into the last series, the Phillies had just lost three heartbreaking losses against the, the Mets. It was like they were up by three runs in each of the games, and they lost all of them. Uh, and then they came into Washington and they sweep the Nats. Uh, so, no. Very different situation now. Yeah, completely. Uh, I mean, going game by game, which do you think is kind of the easiest or the most le path of e least resistance for the Nationals to kind of win? Game is game one. You mentioned it uh, when you went over the starting pitching matchup. Uh, it's the only game where they're not playing a pretty good starting pitcher. That's not a huge or knock like a on a proven uh, starting pitcher. Right. I mean, he just hasn't had the greatest numbers this season. And we have Josiah Gray on the mound, who his last start out, he pitched pretty good. You know? Uh... So I think that's the easiest game to win, um, but it's the Phillies. Their lineup is stacked. Uh, you just went through some of the names, um, but it's going to be tough. The pitching needs to be locked in if we're going to win any of the games. Oh, for sure. Uh, pitching, I mean, that's gonna, what it's going to come down to. Uh, one thing that is a little interesting uh when you kind of look at statistics, uh, both these lineups have been underperforming. It feels like, uh, kind of for like the output that they're putting out, they're not getting the results. So, you know, you could, you know, in other words, these teams are due. Uh, and <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, or is this the series where that kind of all falls off the rails, uh, for these pitching staffs? Uh, because, I mean, we saw the Nats put up pretty, put up 12 runs in the past two games. Yeah. No, their offense, I mean, they put up 4-7-4 uh, four, and four, uh, against the against the uh, Mariners. Excuse me, I forgot the name for a second. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good offense against a team that has a pretty good pitching staff. You know? A bullpen and their starters. I mean, Luis Castillo, we put four up on him. Uh, these it's it's a solid it's a real solid pitching staff and we were able to consistently get runs. Well, Seth did definitely be interesting. Now, uh, yeah, we have our classic segment. Who is your nat to watch this week for this series? My nat to watch this series is uh, C.J. Abrams. Um, mentioned it. He He's back in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, but he got hit on the elbow, and he missed a game and a half. Um, now, I hadn't seen any injury report on him, but I just want to see him get out there, have a good game one, just so I can calm any nerves about him be playing through an injury or being hurt or anything. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm I'm rooting for Ferrer. 
uh, you know, have a good debut. Uh, for him, I mean, the scouting report on him, he's just got to throw strikes. Once he throws those strikes, he'll have the results that you want. Uh, but similar to what we saw at Mason Thompson the past couple of years before this year in his, like, you know, mini breakout, uh, he just wasn't throwing enough strikes. Herrera starts throwing those, like, we have a really solid piece in the pen. Uh, it'll be interesting Interesting to see kind of what the result is after Corbin comes back. Uh, just because I think bullpen rolls, you know, I think there's some playing around with that that the Nats can do, and uh, I'd be interested to see what they do there. Yeah. Um, should be a good series. Um really know what's going to happen because the Phillies either look like World Series contenders or they look like the bottom feeders every other series. Um, so it's tough to make a prediction, but I think the Nats can take at least one here. Um, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, truthfully, I think they can... I don't like sweep because... It's the 2023 Nationals. They haven't done that yet. Uh, and I don't think this is their time. But I think they could sneak out two here. I mean, we always talk about what they do against left-handed pitching. You got two lefties on the bump against the Nats. Anything could happen. Uh, you're true. probably right. They probably only win one. But I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they laid a Ranger Suarez. I would not. I'm excited for that. I, I am too. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about today, Jeremy? No, I think we're good. Uh, thank you everybody much for listening and tuning in to this episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you on Monday. Yeah. Monday? Unless we're going to Sunday night, you know. See you Sunday or Monday. We'll Sunday figure it or out. Monday. We'll figure it out. Uh, you'll see it on Twitter. You see the <laughs> at the Hayden Raymer or at Jeremy Lapid underscore Lapidus. Yeah, uh, keep an eye out on the Nats report. Stuff is coming out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's coming out? Subscribe to the morning briefing. Yeah. You gotta start your um, every weekday morning with that. Still looking for people or no? Yeah. All right. Yeah. See if you guys. Bye.